Connect Her podcast with Lee Cummins is a podcast that shares inspiration, education and connection for the entrepreneur. Hi, I'm Lee Cummins and I'm the founder of Connect Her. I'll be sharing interviews with thought leaders, go-getters, as well as real business owners. And I'll also be sharing tips, thoughts, tools, and also strategies for the motivated lady boss. So join me for each episode. Don't forget, if you'd like to connect, you can visit our website, connecther.com.au. So with me today on our Lunch and Learn, and of course, we also take the audio from this and it becomes one of our podcast sessions, I have Lauren Scott joining me. Now, Lauren has got an amazing business where she provides assistance to help seniors maintain their lifestyle and independence. And it's through things like personal support, home visits, outings, even hospital aftercare. And I actually have used Lauren's service um, when I had my hand operated on a few years ago and I needed somebody to be able to drive me down to the specialist. So um, services are really, really helpful, including things like shopping for groceries, clothes, or even social outings. And it would have been very, very challenging, I'm sure, for Lauren, given the state of the nation and how things have been going with uh, distancing and things like that. But Lauren, um, welcome to Connect Her's Lunch and Learn. Thank you, Lee. Thank you for having me. It's, uh, it is a pleasure. Now, we have been going through the challenges um, with COVID, but prior to that, your business has really taken some opportunities that were uh, available to you, which was that um, you had the opportunity to become and look at becoming an NDIS service provider. So why did you decide to do that, Lauren? Well, I decided to do it because uh, to expand my business because NDIS work with um, or they assist um, from children right up to adults to the age of 65 and my age group had been the 65s and over so I thought I'd also look at the NDIS. I was familiar with NDIS a couple of years before they actually brought it out. I was with um, Amaze which used to be Autism Victoria and they were doing some sort of working papers on trying to bring out the NDIS. So I volunteered to be on that. Um, my son's on the autism spectrum. So I was familiar with, particularly for those who have children on the autism spectrum, um, all the the financial and the emotional strain of having to look after a child on the autism spectrum. So I knew about it and then I decided that this is another area because autism's always been, a, you know, part of my life, I thought I would also look into um, working with the NDIS as well. And that would have been a, a huge challenge, I'm sure, because um, not only is it about deciding, yes, I'm going to become an, or look into becoming an NDIS provider, but I'm sure that that would have uh, created more concerns for you around your business because... Um, it, it's really changing some of the di although you're d delivering the same sort of service it's changing the dynamics of your business so did you have any concerns about becoming an NDIS provider? I did and it basically 
harks back to the autism um, part of it. Uh, I knew a therapist who was actually trying to get help for one of her clients and wasn't getting the proper support that she needed. And she actually said to me that the problem is there's no actual therapist or real medical staff who are actually part of that decision making with the, with NDIS. And I had a I had a real problem with that. I thought to me that would have been common sense, particularly all the money they're putting into and how can someone, it's, it's almost like bureaucrats are making decisions. I thought, well, how can they make decisions when they're not really trained as therapists? So I, I had concerns with that. And also at the time there was a lot of talk about providers having to wait a long time to be reimbursed. But I so I waited a while. I didn't start to last year becoming an NDIS provider because I thought I'll just see how this develops. And I thought, well, they're slowly working on their issues and I thought it's not going away it's still continuing so I thought well look I'll, I'll register as an NDIS provider. And Lauren I mean that's uh, a significant decision to make around anybody's business yeah. um, particularly uh, your business because you are a solopreneur so um, how did you find that the process of applying to become NDIS provider did you find it easy to manage um, and navigate or did you find it challenging did it take time out of your business um, and away from your clients like how did you go around all that it was very time consuming because the process is not streamlined at all I you basically got to go on to the um, NDIS commission portal uh, to apply and my first hurdle was um, because I you know, married, uh, to try and prove that for my my married name, you had to say your original name. And on my marriage certificate, it's just handwritten by the vicar. But what they, when they went on the computer, they wanted to actually have some registration number on the marriage certificate, which I didn't have. So I had to, well, my husband's actually going to the city to get, he actually had to go and get an original copy um, to have that on. So <laughs> that was the first hurdle. And then there's a NDIS toolkit, which they, used to help you navigate through the different steps but oh, you'd sort of find the spot you're after and then you go back to the application form and it was always difficult to find exactly on the application form where that uh, the NDIS toolkit was re referring to and I think I probably ended up making about four different phone calls and the trouble was the staff themselves who are meant to be the troubleshooters I don't think any of them have actually worked through it themselves because they, it was always difficult trying to find that information. And one time I was asking for something because I couldn't find an actual section and I must have just bumped the computer and it scrolled down so I found it myself. So it was a bit frustrating that I don't think any of the staff who have been to be the troubleshooters have actually gone and tried to work it through themselves so they know to give you a bit more support. So, yeah, it took a long time. It's it quite frustrating because it just wasn't clear. It's a little bit like um, the job seeker thing at the moment you know it's just not straightforward so um mm. that was frustrating so it did take me a while to sort of finally register and did it. you find that um you used outside assistance um like maybe a va or uh did you use anybody that could assist you other than ndis or you just plowed through it yourself no, I just used um, NDIS and I just kept reading through the toolkit and there was another section I had to look at, up, well, okay, which services would I be providing, where, the, where does that come under? And they've got a table there 
and I was and it's color coded and I was under the purple one which is providing transport support so I registered under two areas one of them is to take people to appointments and the other section is for um, helping people remain in the community so it's like social interaction so I registered under those um, two areas mm -hmm. yeah and Lauren in that process as well did you find that it was challenging to keep going out with your clients and and keeping your business running while you're still going through that process as well, given that it was so time consuming? It, yeah, it, it was. It was just very draining. And I don't normally give up, but it was I was so close. I thought, oh, gosh, this is just a nightmare because it just, you know, it's always stumbling blocks. Um, and like I said, yeah, you read the toolkit and it looks very clear on the toolkit where you're meant to go. And they go, okay, I'll go to the application. And you it's just so hard to find that that right area. But look, the people were fine, and I used to work in customer service, so I know when I get on the phone, even though I feel like screaming at them, I just say, "Oh, could you please help me?" And you know, it's, if you're polite, people go out of their way to help you. So, absolutely yes. true. And I, just, and I could never imagine you screaming, Lauren, ever. <laughs> so <laughs> now, um. For those that aren't familiar with your business, uh, I gave a little bit of an overview of your business, but um, I'd like you to just share what your business is before we go into the next um, question that I'd like to ask you about the MBIS process. For those yep. that aren't familiar, just uh, give us an overview of your business. Right. Well, I started my business about six years ago and it was really to help seniors who are still living in their own home remain independent and mostly they just need help shopping because they're either not strong enough to carry the shopping uh, in all cases but one they're no longer driving or have never driven and so it's basically helping them to get down to the shops to get their shopping and bring it home but also to take them to a medical appointments and also I sit in at that medical appointment because often they can't remember everything's being said or they're having hearing difficulties. So I make lots of notes when they've gone for eye tests or any doctor's appointment so that their main carer, I can let the main carer know this is what was the outcome and this is the next appointment. So I'm like another pair of ears and another set of eyes for the carer who can't always be there with their loved one. Oh, and also the social outings are also important. That was probably the, the main thing I wanted to set it up because, you know, I, if I suppose it comes from my son being on the autism spectrum, how difficult it is for him to make friends and have connections. And when you're older and you can no longer drive, you become more isolated and then you're not connected with the community. So it's, for me it's always been important that if I get them down to the shops, They'll run into neighbours or friends and that they haven't seen for a while and they have a bit of a chat. Or they'll go into the butcher and the butcher knows their name and the chemist knows their name. So it's just keeping them in community and, and keeping their identity. Which is so important because um, as we get older, we tend to be feel that we become um, a little bit uh, translucent and, um, and not seen... In the in favorably, I know that um, uh, when I say favorably, um, there's a, a couple of guys I know that um, through my husband's work, and they're uh, you know the millennials, and 
we are like the two old codgers, you know, they and you almost become like see through. So, and so it yeah. is important to keep that identity and keep relevant and keep in community. Absolutely. Not that, you know, I'm at, at an old, old age, but you, you, you do tend to see it. It's very ageist out there. <laughs> well, there is ageist out there oh, yes. um, yeah. when you sort of hit 50 and over. So um, given we know about your business now, Lauren, um, and I actually sat in on one of our Connect Her meetings um, where we talked about uh, some of the things that you needed to change in your business, particularly around your marketing taglines and things like that. What changes did you need to make in your business after you actually became an NDIS provider? Well, mainly it was the tagline. I'll just quickly find it now, actually, um, because my business was geared up to just deal with um, seniors. So I'd have it on my card, you know, concierge and support. And I'm just trying to find the tagline that I was using. Um, hang on. Oh, I've got it. Yeah, so my, my original tagline was, um, yep, providing assistance in maintaining your lifestyle and independence, but I need to find a tagline that actually now mentioned that I actually incorporate the travel part of it. And this is why I found the Connect Her meetings were fabulous, particularly with the Synergy Circle. And I did three different Synergy Circles at different meetings, you know, trying to find the right one. And then I was at one with um, Eve Frankholm and, and she actually straight away came up with um, a tagline, uh, a driving force transforming age and disability into mobility. And so well, that's, that's saying more. That I really felt like that was the right one to say. So I had to start talking about my business in a different way. And also, yes, I need to get a new tagline. The banner behind me, I've actually got it. Now I've got a new banner to have the NDIS logo on it but I'm also going to apply to be a home care package provider so I'm waiting till I finish that process before I update my um, banner but but it even just talking about your business you just have to you know instead of just being for seniors it's also for people up to the age of 65 as well well as I, I'm not even at the age of 65 and I had to use you a couple of years ago um, because I couldn't drive and I, you know, everyone that I knew uh, to get me down to the hospital um, was working or, you know, whatever. And um, and so you were a perfect choice. So there is that um, need in the community. So, so that's um, a pretty big shift in your business, Lauren, to go from seniors to opening up opportunities for people um, that may be have a disability it might be a temporary disability or it might be a permanent disability but opening all of that up so you've talked about you've had to change your tagline you're looking at your banner what um what other thing is is it that uh you had to look at as well was it um there, there must have been so many things that you had to look at Yes, well, I need to look at my website. I must say I haven't really up, I needed to update that. Probably need to go into my LinkedIn profile. Teresa won't be happy with me. <laughs> I need to go into my LinkedIn profile and, and put the NDIS. It's, it's just having to sort of probably rethink how I've normally been thinking because I've mainly been geared to the seniors to start 
really going in and promoting myself, which I need to do um, to start using NDIS. And once you become a a provider, you can log in and you can actually choose, you can actually uh, how many kilometres you want to travel um, to look for other, to look for job opportunities. So you can say, okay, I'm looking for clients one to three kilometres or one to 15 kilometres. So I need to really go into that and start trying to look at um, job opportunities there or look for clients, you know, who, because what happens is the clients actually go onto the NDIS and, and they actually look for anyone registered as a provider to see what services they provide. So you can either self-manage your NDIS package yourself or you can get uh, a, a company to do that for you. Oh, fantastic. So I suppose um, now is the opportunity to sit down and look at, you know, who is my ideal client? Where are yes. their eyes going to be? Do I need to? Um, and who knows my ideal client? So sitting down and doing a list of, okay, I've got to update LinkedIn, I've got to update my Facebook page, I've got to do my banner and which um, all of, some things are going to be, you know, no or low cost and other things are going to be, um, have a cost around it. So did you consider those things when you were um, going through the decision process to become an NDIS provider that, it's going to change my business and it is also going to have to be um, a financial um, investment into the rest of my business. Or was that something you hadn't fact, considered? I hadn't really fact, I hadn't even thought of the byline. It was actually, and it's just reminded me actually, it was when you were running one of your Connect Her meetings, there was a lady there who had two children with disabilities and I had told her about my business and she looked at my card. She goes, you know, if I pick this card up, I wouldn't have thought that you would help someone with NDIS and I wouldn't have thought you'd help children or, you know, because her children have a special needs. And that's when I realised, oh, it's not clear the message that I've got at the moment that I can also help younger people. And then someone said to me, well, you know, if you have children, you could probably, you'd probably need the, the car seat in the back of the car and that could be up to the age of eight. So it's actually made me think, well, I'm actually just really going to focus on probably teenagers upwards rather than the children because then you don't have the – well, because I, I really don't want to have to go and buy um, a baby seat for the back of the car and, and that sort of concern and do I want to work with children, um, you know, in, in that younger age group. So I thought, well, I might just focus on the teenagers through to the adults. And then, of course, if you start working with children, you've got to go and get your working with children certificate. And yeah, so that I mean, opens that up a whole lot of other things. At church and things. But, yeah, and I thought, well, you know, when it brings in having to get car seats for the children and all that sort of thing, it's a different level of security for the child that I thought, well, I'm, I think I'll just focus, yes, on, on the, an older age range. But once again, that came up as a Connect Her meeting and we were just discussing and they said, oh, well, you know, it, does that mean children and you know are you aware what that would imply so what yeah so it's great just to be able to sort of brainstorm that as well hmm. and so would it be fair to say that there's things that have come up in your business that you hadn't even considered um when you were deciding to become an NDIS provider well, uh, well it probably would be the tag line and it's almost rebranding and also yeah. just the, the mind shift as well 
like I really haven't because it was sort of later last year that I became an NDIS provider I really haven't sort of worked on that mind shift I'm still on working with seniors and, and working with my older clients but I really need to sort of take some time to really um plan myself as an NDIS provider and, and put some work into that. So um, given anybody that's listening today or even on the podcast and they're thinking about going through the process that you have, which is deciding to become an NDIS provider, um, what advice would you give them? Like you've realised that there's not just the tagline, there's other things that come with it, like rebranding, um, looking at things that you need to um, that you need to access and uh, and changes to your business. What would you suggest to them? Well, first of all, even just going online to do to do the application, you need to sort of read through the toolkit. Um, work out which areas you could, you actually can qualify for because I really just only qualified for the the travel ones because I, I thought I could apply for other areas, but you actually have to be a trained worker in some of those. You have certain qualifications and I have, I wasn't sort of aware of that. And, and the other part, probably in hindsight, yes, I, I probably should have sat down and work out, you know, okay, what's your how are you going to rebrand it and the expense but I suppose I thought I'm going to be getting new clients because the great job about what I love about my job is that I keep clients out of the nursing homes as longer than they as long as I can sort of thing so that they they you know may it may mean that they can stay working in their or living in their own home for a couple more years than they would have had otherwise but the thing is once they move into the nursing homes they're no longer my clients. I'll, you know, I'll go and visit them and things like that, but they're no longer my clients. So I have a bit of a turnover thing there. So I sort of feel like um, my clients will go, it goes up and down, you know, once they get to a certain age, then they, or if the health issues decline, they move into more assisted health. So that's why I was thinking, well, I need to bring in more clients. And I thought well, with the NDS, NDIS and also because, Autism's always been important to me. After with my son, I feel I can um, relate to to that area. So that's always been important for me as well. Um, thank you for sharing that because I, you know, we've spoken before, and and I've said that you know there's a lot of people out there that may be considering putting their um, business through NDIS and becoming an NDIS provider. But it's not just about becoming an NDIS provider because there's other things that um, it's like a domino effect. Like you yes, just exactly. it's that little yep. push and then it pushes a whole lot of other things and sometimes in different directions that you may not have ever even considered. So thank you for sharing that journey because if there is somebody listening, um, I think that they will, you know, it will give them an opportunity to think about their business and um, and have a look, you know, is it going to have a domino effect and push it one way or is it going to do it another way? Now, that is all pre-COVID-19, um, mm. all your uh, NDIS. Yes. <laughs> yes. And then, of course, we had um, March where yes. uh, things just marched on and, and changed considerably. Mm. What changes have you had to make, Lauren? Because you're very hands-on. 
So your yes. business would have to comply with COVID-19 restrictions. Yes. yes. So I normally actually take my clients out in the car and I actually rang our family doctor and I said, look, how does it work if I have a client still in the car? And they said, well, they could sit in the back of the car, but you'd have to sterilise that car after every visit. And I thought to try and do that would just be too difficult. So two of my clients anyway had gone into lockdown and and so I've really only got one client I'm seeing at the moment because my other clients um that I see on a regular basis have gone into lockdown one of them actually the nursing homes just reopened for visitors so I've got a lady who goes and visits her but I am seeing one client client and I thought I'd show the masks I've got well this is what I do for my client so I put in his bag and he has a he has a mask and I thought there's no way he'll wash it properly and things. So this, oh, actually, I'll, I'll just pull my out my mask. So I, I put his mask in the bag like this, and I. That's the so mask. So for the there. purpose of the podcast, um, because yep. it's not visual on a podcast, you've got it in oh, a plastic right. ziplock bag. Yes, yes, plastic yep. ziplock bag, and then I have a little. Um, it's like a little white cotton piece of material, which is actually the. Um, the word's gone out of my mouth. Like a filter? The filter, that's what I'm thinking. The filter. Mm -hmm. So the filter slides in the back of the, the, the pouch and everything. So I give that to him and I put it in the Ziploc bag and I put it in a paper bag for him. And um, I see him twice a week. And we either I either get a coffee made up for him at home or we just go to, uh, we go to the shop sort of thing but he's the one he's the only one I can really see at the moment because um the others have gone into um self-isolation and things and I've also got to be um careful too because my husband's asthmatic and I'm still seeing my mum she's 81 so my sister and I even though mum's living independently my sister and I are still seeing her so I it's sort of um for the first time, I've got to be careful with my business that I'm not making those close to me ill and I can't make my clients ill. And, and this gentleman that I see twice a week, he lives in a villa at a retirement place, but on the other side of the villa is a small apartments where the high-risk people are. So I can't afford to let him be ill or to get the coronavirus because he, he could spread it to the those in the apartment. And when I first, when it first came out about the virus, I was thinking, could I even see them at all? I thought, well, if I get these uh, with an N95, that's like um, if people have Ebola, that's, they have the ones with the N95. So it's very high, um, high level of protection. But I still maintain the 1.5 distance and he drives his car to where we're going to meet and I drive my car. So we... We just do it like that at the moment and, and you know, and, until things change. And now, of course, we could go into coffee shops, although um, they're quite crowded. And the other thing is a lot of coffee shops, they want you to order a meal, not just have a coffee sort of thing. So it's so slowly um, becoming a bit easier, particularly as the winter months, because I was dreading what we're going to do in winter because we've been walking around parks and things while the shops are being closed but now the cafes are open at least we've got that opportunity to to go into a, a cafe and have a coffee so um so lauren so i'm hearing that you've had to make changes where uh, you meet up with your client um you take a mask for him and yes. um yes. uh and even the coffees and things like that so yeah 
What other, are there any other changes that your businesses had to make to be compliant to the restrictions? It's more that I've had, for example, the, the lady that's in the nursing home, I have one lady who goes and visits her, but when she can't, I normally go. But I've had to make the decision that I don't feel I should be going visiting her because the client that I see during the week, um, he doesn't self-isolate. He just, you know, I can't blame him. He goes out for coffee things. And I just feel like it puts me at more of a risk and I just don't want to go into a nursing home at the moment. So I've had to make that decision. Um, I am going to have a flu injection. I never had that, that, that before, but I think given the current situation, I thought I'll oh, just going to try and immunise myself as much as possible. But I think it's mainly that I would have normally have seen this um, lady in the nursing home. I see her a couple of times a month and the other lady does, but I just feel I don't feel it's the right thing to do at the moment. So I, I suppose it's just having to make difficult decisions that, yes, it might affect my finances, but I've got to be concerned about their health and my family's health. I mean, I've applied for the job seeker, so I've got that um, payment coming through. But it's mainly thinking, well, how can I keep my clients safe and, and myself and my own family safe as well, health-wise? And, and um, speaking on finances, is that is this open an opportunity for you to sort of look at um, alternative uh, income streams? that, you know, if this goes on, like we don't know whether this might um, bring up that restrictions get reduced and then they come back again or um, has it given you the opportunity, particularly because you're not seeing as many clients, to actually work yeah. on your business and go, well, there's obvious, there might be some um, alternate income streams that will assist me should this continue further? Well, one part was I was thinking I'm we might now focus just on the NDIS clients, that those who are less high risk because they're under the age of 65. Um, because I've got my main client who, like I said, doesn't self-isolate, I'm really hesitant actually seeing anyone in a higher age bracket because I feel like even though I take all the precautions I can with a mask, that I, I'd hate to um, give them the virus or sort of thing. Mm. Uh, and I was a couple of years ago I started a a, a carers a Facebook page caring for carers and I was actually going to start doing um, monthly meetings but then I'm a carer myself and I think it was like the world telling me all of a sudden I had to step up with my caring role and I just didn't have um, the energy and I just was focused on caring for my own family members so I had to either care for but now I'm thinking well I could maybe just take that online and do that as a, as a zoom online rather than having like I'd found a venue that I could have used and that's and everything but I think you well maybe now I might look at running some carer groups um groups for carers online and I would actually at the time I was thinking of bringing in people that I know who um who are in that area who work who have work or businesses that actually help carers uh and so at that time, I was thinking that they, I'd spoken to a few of them and they said they'd be happy just to come and talk at the, the meeting. So I thought, well, maybe I would look at now, trying to take that online and, and present that online. And and so about a week ago, I started thinking about doing something like that. Because like you say, you know, we're sort of in the winter months, we're not really sure how things are going to go. Uh, so that was a, 
an income stream, I thought, you know, I'd just charge maybe $20 or something like that because I'm also mindful of the fact that when you're a carer, um, often they're not working full-time, they can't work full-time or else they're on pensions as a carer. So, But I want to be able to support them as well. Excellent. And that, that's a, a great where it's still aligned to your key essence of your business um, but it, it is another stream so and I think there's a lot of businesses now that because there has been uh, time you know downtime that they've been able to look at other opportunities and to um, be able to look at you know multiple income streams or that can uh, you know coexist even if things were going to go back to whatever our new normal will be. Um, if anybody's got any questions for Lauren, please feel free to jump in on our comments and we'll go through those. Lauren, thank you so much. Um, I'm going to read out some of our uh, comments that we've had, but thank you very, very much for Thanks, being so open and honest with us today. I'm going to pop up your um, website. Uh, let me just pop that up. So um, for people to get in contact with Lauren, it's Golden Girls Assist com.au and that's how you can connect with Lauren and um, her website and it gives you a great information about what uh, she does. So um, I'll start up the top. We've had Julie Barker said hi Lee and Lauren and hi Julie from Albury Wodonga area. Lovely to have you on board. Gillian, such a fabulous initiative Lauren and absolutely and uh, a great service and one that is really, really, with an ageing population, really needed. Um, mm. Susan, hi. What a fantastic thing to do, Lauren. What a gem. And oh, lovely. You Thank absolutely you. Are. That's lovely. Teresa, love that you're the eyes and ears for your clients. So needed. And I know too, you know, if I go to the doctors and um, sometimes you only hear what you want to hear or um, you hear what you, do, or you don't hear what you don't want to hear is another one. Um, so yes, it's good to have those extra eyes and ears for the client and the doctors. Susan, hi, why is the cutoff age 65? I think because um, once they get to 65, um, if they need more help, they can apply for the home care packages. So the, the government right. sort of think they'll, you know, uh, ask for help with the, yeah, with the home care packages because that's when that they start from 65 onwards. So different sector. Yeah. Or there has yeah. been a lot of talk. They would, um, a lot of people are now saying they would, that, that it should be extended from 65, you know, that the NDA shouldn't cut off at 65. I, I think if you're already on it before 65, you can stay on it, but you, you can't just start at 65. Right. Uh, Gillian, Lauren was a wonderful support for my mother in her elderly years when life was difficult and gave me the confidence to take a short trip away knowing mum was in Lauren's fabulous care. That's awesome. Excellent. Uh, Kylie Bonner. Ah, NDIS is usually cut off at 65. There's a choice to then move to aged care, but new applicants need to be under 65. So just what you said. Thanks, Kylie. Ah, Susan, hi. Thanks, Kylie. <laughs> um, Kylie says, Lauren Scott, you need to connect with the beautiful Ronnie Benbow oh, from the Carers like Foundation. Things. Tell her I sent you. She's fabo. Thanks for sharing your story. Ah, that's excellent. 
well maybe you two can yeah. um connect at um another time so fantastic thank you so much so if anybody's got any questions or comments send them through and um while you're doing that also we'll take the last of our um comments and then what we will do is uh open it up for anybody to put in their facebook page or their website but uh, golden girls assist is an amazing business and lauren i'm so pleased that connect her um, and our synergy circle was actually able to get some communication and conversation going around your business because yeah. um we are in our business as solopreneurs but we've got this great support mechanism in our meetings that yeah. help to um you know shine a light on different areas i always look at we look at our business um, and it's this big warehouse and imagine a big warehouse and it's all dark and we've got a flashlight and we can only see what we can see with that flashlight but when you go to a synergy circle there's another 10 or 15 flashlights going on in that warehouse for your business so um, it opens up opportunities for us to identify and look at different areas as well so um, I'm so pleased that Connect Her and Synergy Circle was able to shine a light on that for you. Now, yeah, well, just um, even like the expense that would have been, you know, if I had to go and pay someone to ha get all that advice, you know, uh, but I was able to, you know, incorporate in the price of my Connect Her ticket, get all that wonderful advice. And I know often you say, you know, if we had to count the... Um, years of experience around the table would be we'd be over a hundred years so to get all that experience for the price of you know a, a ticket just being wonderful and, and so much affordable to be able to get that support absolutely it's like it's like having 10 consultants working on yes. your business or yes. 15 consultants um and yes. all coming with different angles and different um backgrounds and different feedback so um which yeah you're absolutely right now um we have got a comment from susan hi thank uh think there would be a great oh. need in the community for your caring business thank you susan. and it absolutely is so thank you susan uh lauren also connects women in business so well and she does oh, teresa you. you're um you're a absolute gem at being able to connect women in business as well so and of course our connect her leader at mount waverley so um which is a really strong location you have a really good a good meeting there so well done so ladies uh, we are at the end of our connect her collective lunch and learn as i said we have it every single tuesday i've been really um pushing Lauren to come on. She's been very, very nervous about coming on and doing lunch and learn. You did an amazing job. You Thank have you got a, you have got a fantastic story um, to share and I think it opens up opportunities for those businesses that have even considered about going on to NDIS that there's more to it than just becoming NDIS provider. It gives you um, a whole lot more to think about as well. Um, now we have got, Lauren is a true connector in the finest sense. 
Absolutely. Kylie Bonner, do you have a limited capacity only to have a handful of clients? Do you have an ideal number at any time? Uh, I don't really have an ideal number. Um, just trying to think. Uh, uh, because it's mainly just me and, and I, I operate in the southeast suburb, so I'm sort of in East Bentley, so I sort of would probably go up to Camberwall or, or down like to Patterson Lakes. But if I I do refer on because so if, if someone was down like at, say at Bond Beach and needed some a hand, I would know who to refer on or someone's on um so you've got a radio out to the country. Area. There's two people, I, uh, two businesses I would refer on, and then they know they can refer to me because they know the area that I cover. And so, um, do you have like a number? Like you can easily look after um, six clients a month, or or twelve, or is that subjective to what their needs are? Um, I could probably because I could always um, get. Um, people to come and and if I had you know um, I could always get people to come in and take and do some of the work that um, you know if I felt like I you know needed a bit more support sort of thing at the moment I'm I'm right I have one lady who's helping me but um, if I had more clients coming in I would just I've got other people I could actually ask who would who'd be happy to step in and be able to see them as well. Fantastic so We'll keep those leads coming your way. Uh, Julie Barker, Lauren, you did great. Well done. Thank you, Julie. Uh, I think you've answered um, Kylie's second part to her question, which is prior to them ageing out to higher care requirements. So yeah. we've answered that. Gillian, a fantastic interview, Lauren Scott, and it Thanks, was. Gillian. Well done. Uh, yes, I agree. Fantastic program today from Susan. And excellent from Kylie. Hey, not so fast. We love to stay connected and we hope that you will. It's really easy. We've got our website, connecther.com.au. If you like Facebook, then we've got some great opportunities for you. We've got our Connect Her page as well as our Connect Her Collective. This is a great online networking tool. We also have our Connect Her Marketplace where you can promote your business every single day of the week, any day of the week, and once a day. If you prefer Instagram, then head over to Instagram and check out Connect Her AU. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, just simply check out Lee Cummins. So don't forget to stay connected. <laughs>